Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. And Peakless Mountaineer. And joining us via remote, Mark Edge. Mark, you and I, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll call it OG COVID, uh, COVID-1, yeah, for- right? We, bef- like when it came out, uh, you and I got to experience it nearly simultaneously. I think you had yours, I don't know, three or four days before. Like I was like, yeah, dude, I'm sick too. Uh, or something like that, but like nearly simultaneously, I understand that uh, you're under the belief that you had the long COVID. I I did not, uh, near as I could tell, suffer from the long COVID, but I had it again, just like uh, yeah, I got COVID again a, a couple of weeks ago. And the only like I didn't go to a doctor, I didn't take a test, right? The only reason that I know that I had it was because I lost my sense of taste for like three freaking days. Yeah, and I was like, oh man, I made like what looked like an awesome like bratwurst omelet. Like, instead of using, like, sausage or bacon or something or ham to make your omelet, I, I just busted open a, a bratwurst and fried it in a pan with some onions and put Sounds some, good. Put some uh, avocados on top of it, had it all seasoned up nice, mm. and some onion, you know, garlic, all that kind of stuff. And then, like, I ate it, and my, my stomach was happy. It was like, oh, thank you for the food. But, like, my taste buds were like, dude, what is this? It's, it's what nothing. Happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's when I noticed. I was like, oh, oh this sucks. So uh, for show prep tonight, I have something called 15 COVID, quote, conspiracy theories, unquote, that turned out to be true. This is a post from uh, the twit, the Twitter, the, the X twit, whatever you're calling that thing these days. Musk's yeah. platform, the platform of much Musk. 15- and I have some. I have some COVID stuff related stuff, too, about uh, Anthony Fauci, and I'm. Oh, nice. I guess I have a question that I have for you, okay. uh, the audience, uh, Peakless. I, I have this question, and that question is, should I be calling for the head of Anthony Fauci? Will it, yes. will it solve a problem yes. if we go after him and say, hey, the crap you did, the crap you advocated for, the crap that you were in while you were in charge, the stuff that happened while you were in charge, um. It well, was bad given and the it was possibility wrong. that he is an an actual comic book super villain <laughs> that released a a an old person killing virus on the planet. Like that's not unreasonable as a possibility knowing what we know now. It could be the case. It um, could but be. I'm not saying I, it is. I'm saying I, that there is a reasonable suspicion that that is the case. And since there is a reasonable suspicion, well, number one, we need to know whether that's actually true. Are we in a comic book is really important information. So the question I have <laughs> in response to your question, Mark, is what does going after anthony fauci mean right like like are we gonna sick the state on him because that's what it is he's a statist right is it you know uh from a libertarian perspective is it morally is it uh you know non-aggression principle uh you know uh, advocated you know to quote go what does that mean to go at like i believe this man is a criminal and i believe that he lied to everybody Right. As can be proven by these 15 conspiracy theories that we have here tonight that turned out to be true, by the way, and all of which 
I think I, I read through this. I don't want to say all, but most of which we talked about here on Free Talk Live at the time COVID was happening. And we said, sure. hey, there are certain, uh, we'll call them experts, doctors, right? Scientists, whatever, that say these Priests. things. Uh, and 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 you know the evidence supports their theory. It's contrary to the mainstream media. It's contrary to whatever Anthony Falsi is is preaching, right? And and we talked about all these things like while it was happening, and yet everybody just seemed to believe uh, Mr. Well, Mr. Fashy. And let's not forget he it was wasn't just science. believe him because what's really important is is we got banned over and over from all kinds of different platforms. <laughs> yes, we did. Like, we got hit hard. Yep. Yeah. We and lost no radio yet. stations. No we got apology for of any of it. And I think that's a really big part of this is that, yeah, they did all of these terrible, terrible things, but there was a no, never a moment where they like, you know what? We really went overboard on this and we need to make sure that we never become so authoritarian that we do this again. That moment right, and, hasn't happened. But that's that's not Fauci's fault. Like, he Fauci- is, so he is the uh, he's the figurehead of it. So well, I don't actually on, wait, believe wait, that wait Biden for me. Runs wait, the country, wait a second. But... Wait, this is the question that I actually have. The question that I actually have is: is how responsible is Anthony Fauci versus how responsible are three hundred million a holes who let him get away with this crap? Right. Okay. So your question is: how responsible was Hitler for the Holocaust? I, I guess that is my question. Um, is ultimately well, it's not that. zero. How about that? And so, <laughs> Hitler's responsibility ability is not zero. Agreed. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> and and this is basically the the question that we've been arguing in the studio, where I am very firmly of the opinion that if you hire someone to kill someone else, you are a murderer. Period. I agree. Now they uh, okay. also are a murderer. And it, yes, it they doesn't, are. It doesn't dilute the murder. Now, if I hire someone to hire someone to kill someone. That doesn't dilute the murder. It, no matter how many times I put layers on top of this, no matter how what a big group it is that hires a group, that hires a group to hire a murderer. Wait, wait. I just want to expand on this a little bit. So if you hire somebody to kill somebody, and then you're like, oh, crap, I shouldn't have done that. And the only way for you to get out of it is to hire yet another person to kill the person you just hired to kill the first person. <laughs> Are you then good? No, that's two wrongs don't make a right. Okay, right. That's, that's I'm what just that checking. Yeah. That's checking. exactly how that principle works: is two wrongs don't make a right. Also, there are other ways to try and atone. They killed art in the United States. Art was dead, save for the uh, myself, uh, Aria, and Mushmouth Mike, who put together an impromptu concert on July fourth at Rogers Campground during Forkfest or Porkfest. Well, There's a man named and, Arthur driving along right now. It says, but I feel fine, guys. Well, and let's remember the, the churches that were even open at all were in defiance of centralized church authority. Right, and they were getting Every press. centralized church authority said, no, we are not having churches. You know, we are the, the, the big guys. We say, no, this is too big of a threat. So you heretics and your churches are still yeah. open. The, uh, the New York uh, City Hasidic Jews held services anyway and were... I mean, I don't round it I, up, I, if you will. If you will, yes. Uh, I remember uh, Canada, right? There, there was a certain subset of a Christian church up there that was holding services anyway, and they were uh, raided, if you will, by Canadian authorities, told to shut down. Uh, there were people who were trying to keep their gyms open, who were shut down. 
uh, as a result of this crap. So, yeah, yeah. where were the, the, the millions of people, the, the citizens who claimed to be free people, where were they standing up for everybody else and their rights? I don't know, because they weren't around. And a lot of these people claim to believe that if you don't go to church, you're going to go to hell. They, they claim that they believe you will suffer for eternity if you don't go to church. And somehow that just goes right out the window when there's a flu. Yep, it's all accurate. So let's go and uh, let's let's put the indictment together for Anthony Fauci right. tonight, shall we? All right. Yeah, and I mean, I don't trust the courts to ever go after him. It'd be nice to well, see him. You I know, trust make Rand, a show I trust of Rand it. Paul to go after him because yeah. he's been going after I'll, him for I'll, a while. I'll grant you that. <laughs> That's what we need, Grand Inquisitor Rand Paul. <laughs> <laughs> We'll give him like big red hat and some red robes. Put him on a big floating chair. It'll be awesome. <laughs> All right. He needs to be carrying like a sigh, like uh, you know, the specter of death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, number fifteen here. This is from a Twitter person uh, at Vigilant Fox, uh, whom I do follow, and that's where I got this from. Uh, and this is the f- number fifteen of the list of conspiracy theories about COVID-19 that were proven correct. The, the, the title of this, 15 COVID conspiracy theories, quote-unquote conspiracy theories, that turned out to be true. Number 15, repeated COVID shots weaken the immune system, according to a study. Yep. Okay. And, and this is one of those things that if you know anything about vaccines, like even actual vaccines, not this thing, they are designed to have an element in there that weakens the pathogen. That's what they're supposed to do. Used to be mercury, now it's something else, but they're designed to have something in there that makes the biological organism weak. Right, my understanding... So, of course, they're going to reduce your uh, your overall immune function. It's a gambit. You know, you, you sacrifice a little bit of overall immune function in the theory that this is going to make you immune to this particular thing. Prior to COVID... My understanding of vaccines was this. They take a little bit of the dead thing, right? The flu virus or whatever it is. They take a little bit of the dead thing that they're, they're trying to protect you from, and they mix it in with some other stuff, and they, they, they shoot it into you, right? They give you a shot, right? A little stab in the arm, whatever it is, right? And then your body, your, your immune system, is supposed to go look at that and go, hey, this looks like it could be bad. Let's figure out a way to combat this. And then it does. And so really, my understanding of vaccines up until COVID was supposed to be you're given a little bit of a dead thing that you don't want to get so your body can preemptively develop the immunity for that thing. Mm-hmm. Mark, is that your understanding? Yeah, that's what I'm understanding. But I, and the mRNA vaccine is to vaccines the way that margarine is to butter. <laughs> Which right. is not even the same thing. The mainstream has never covered the fact that, like, yeah, this hasn't actually gone through testing. We had to, like, rush this through, and if there had been anything that was recognized to treat COVID, we would legally not have been allowed to rush this through without proper testing. Well, I know that people, I mean, no doubt people wanted something that was called a vaccine Mm -hmm. for COVID. And 
you know, did and they considering, though? Like, considering or, or they, they told, no, they did. They really did. They told well, that I they wanted people, this. I think people a wanted to feel safe, and b wanted this to be over. Because like, and that's what the promise did, of the vaccine was. Did anybody really want Tesla's Cybertruck, or were they told that they wanted Tesla's Cybertruck? Oh, I love Tesla's Cybertruck. But these people were getting sh- shots in a parking lot. Right. I mean, they were driving <laughs> yeah, up true. from somebody they didn't know and getting a shot. Yeah, they, they had, wanted it. They had really military. Bad. They had U.S. military manning these tents where you could like, you know, drive. please drive through and get your covid shot. Nothing suspicious about the U.S. military <laughs> injecting people with things. <laughs> Nothing to worry about there. All right. So let's move on. Number 14. Ivermectin. Uh, so we talked Which a lot. Brings me back exactly about. to what I was talking about with if it had if there had been anything that was accepted as a way of treating COVID, then they could not have rushed these so-called vaccines through. Right. So they had to demonize ivermectin. Right. Uh, or as uh, anyone listening to the mainstream media would call it, horsey rumor. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's what the media immediately told everybody that it was. Yep. Horse paste. Can't tell anyone that it's cat paste. Uh, we have to have the exact same wording out of every outlet. Ivermectin worked. Peer-reviewed studies find 74% reduction in excess deaths. Uh, we talked about ivermectin until we were blue in the face here on Free Talk Live. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think we got uh, ixnade from the utube yay uh, right. as a result yeah, of that it. Was, and that was one of those extreme censorships where if you mentioned the word on your YouTube video, they would not suggest you to anyone. Right. You were uh, shadow banned, effectively. Yeah. Yeah. And we would, like, I remember one time, one of our episodes, we got uh, a ban and it was, we weren't even giving medical, we weren't giving medical advice. We just said some words like virus, right. COVID-19, ivermectin, you know, things like that. And we, we read news articles. I mean, there's, you know, doctors that are claiming ivermectin's a good choice and, uh, you know, for this and, and things like that. And, yeah, they just, they ban the hell out of us. They're like, screw you guys. You're not going anywhere. Yeah. To yeah. this day, when people talk about this, they will avoid using words like coronavirus. They'll be yes. like cerveza sickness or something like that to even, t- you know, that thing that happened in March of 2020. Like they will not mention this directly because they know they're going to get shadow banned. Like that's the level of censorship that still exists on this subject. Yeah. Uh, number 13. The unvaccinated were scapegoated for the failure of COVID vaccines. I mean, yeah, there was hatred, vitriol, threats against people. There were popular figures in the media calling for people who didn't get the shot to be murdered. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite phrase was, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Right. So you are literally calling us an illness. It's not a pandemic carried by unvaccinated. No, no, no. It's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. I think it was, uh, who's that actor guy, the muscle muscle guy? It was in a bunch of, bunch of movies. Uh, I need your clothes. Yeah, that guy. Uh, he was like, screw your freedom. Get the jab. Yeah. Yeah. Like, screw you, pal. Howard Stern was the same way. Yeah. Well, and Dee Snyder, of all people, too. Like, when I was growing up, one of my my heroes, as far as musical uh, stuff is going on, because him and Frank Zappa 
and I can't remember, a couple other musicians, they got together to fight the PMRC in the, the early 80s. The PMRC was Tipper Gore's uh, method of censoring rock and roll and heavy metal music because they went on this, literally, they put together, like almost like a rock show, they put together a tour Several tours, different, slightly different labels of these tours, where they would go around to churches and high schools and middle schools, and they would preach that heavy metal makes your children suicidal. And that if your children are thinking of suicide, if they've tried suicide, if they're cutting themselves, it's because they're listening to, like, ACDC and Twisted Sister and, you know, all these types of bands. And, like... Dee Snyder, uh, with some help from Frank Zappa and a few other people, like went in front of Congress and was like, hey, screw you, pal. You know, this is art. I did go into places like Home Depot, for example, where there would be somebody, a greeter, kind of like Walmart, you know, always has a person. They'd have a person standing there handing out masks as you walk in. If they saw you without one, like if you had one, they'd just be like, hello, welcome to Home Depot. But if you didn't have one, they'd be like, oh, here, sir, have a mask. Right. Uh, And I'd just be like, no, thanks. Grab my cart and continue on. Right. And nothing ever happened to me. But like, that's what I had to do. You had to actually stand up for yourself and be like, no, thanks. And continue on your way with, you know, uh, confidence, with authority. If you were sheepish at all, Mm -hmm. they would follow you and be like, no, sir, here, here, here. Like I saw it happen to other people, but I look like me, right? A bald, big beard, you know, sort of a burly looking dude. Like people were reluctant to chase me around any given store, right? Just based on their uh, opinion of my uh, physical appearance, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Not because I'm like any sort of dangerous person or I'm going to like, you know, punch him out or something like that. But you look like you might be. But I look like I might be one of those, right? So they're like, you know, so like I had that as a benefit, but I did see them do all of this kind of thing. But I had to stand up for myself and be like, no, thanks. And just move along confidently uh, about my day. And like, I even remember being in a grocery store, like going the wrong way down an aisle, right? Not following the little arrows or whatever. I remember some guy and his wife, like after I passed them by, the guy goes, that guy's not even wearing a mask and he's going the wrong way. He's going to kill everybody. And Mm -hmm. I remember just being so upset. I like, what I wanted to do was turn around and be like, hey man, you haven't done your research, have you? Instead, what happened is I turned around and said, Hey, why don't you come over here and say that to my face, MRFer? Right? Like, because I was upset, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I wanted to turn around and be, like, peaceful and, like, you know, like, uh, factual and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But uh, the way he said it and the way he did, like, behind, he was hiding behind his wife as he turned the corner mm-hmm. while saying this kind of stuff. It just pissed me off. I oh, was yeah, like, I mean, that, that was one of the biggest effects of the whole mask thing is that it divided everyone into camps. Right. So, right. I mean, it, it was absolutely, it was practically and this is how politics as, like, works. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was practically the same as jerseys at a football game. Like, you know, exactly which camp someone's in on whether or not they have a human face. So sad. Uh, All right. uh, Moving along. Number 11. Natural immunity proves to be seven times more protective than vaccinated immunity. Right. And they really wanted you to believe that their little shot was somehow, you know, the only way that you could be saved (laughs) from the pandemic that wasn't. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, Mark, you and I got... Uh, we'll call it COVID-1, 
uh, at about yep. the same time. Right. And, and I'm not here to say COVID isn't real. Right. Because that's what a lot of people who are listening to this that are, they get a, I, I can't believe these guys. They don't think COVID's real. No. Hey, whoa. COVID's real. The I, reaction I to COVID was the real problem. Right. And nobody wants to sit down and go over the, um, you know, the, the CDC's, uh, um, deaths and, you know, look at the excess death charts or anything like that. Nobody wants, they just want you to believe the stuff that has been disproven. Now, uh, when, when COVID was kicking in, uh, I was trying to close on my house. I was buying a house. And, uh, I don't think I've talked about this until, until now, at least on the radio. Anyway, I've talked about it probably outside of the radio, but, I'll talk about it on the radio because it's it's important. Um, I had to schedule multiple inspections because I was buying a, a two-family home and the current tenants couldn't agree on one day. So in other words, uh, one of the tenants or both of them didn't want the inspector coming from apartment A right, and inspecting that and then immediately coming into apartment B mm. because they were scared. They were afraid of getting COVID from their upstairs or downstairs neighbor. So as it turns out. And so I had to get, you know, okay, two different inspections. I had to have the insurance agent come out two different times, right? There was, we weren't even masking at this point. Uh, No one was recommending anything other than these latex gloves, these black late or blue latex, like the, uh, the, the paramedics wear or the mechanics wear, mm-hmm. like we wore those going to see the property and during the inspections and, and things like that. No one wore a freaking mask. Like no one even thought about wearing a mask, but they were all like, yes, please wear these gloves and dispose of them after you leave apartment A well, and you go into apartment and- B. Remember when we were like washing bags of Doritos and right. leaving your uh, sodas and beer out in the garage for three weeks to, I don't know, decompress or whatever? Yes, I do remember all well, of that. It's crazy. And I'm sorry to keep coming back to masks. Yeah. But okay, so this is not an airborne disease. This is something that requires a well, little bit of, of some physical contact. Right. Physical contact in order to exist. So which is going to be easier? For you to futz with your mask for the 50 millionth time today, and this happens to be the one where you happen to put your hand on a thing that actually had some of this, so now you have this just hanging out right in front of your breathing apparatus, and I'm sorry, uh, a mask is not going to keep viruses out. Let's go to this unscreened caller. What's your name, please? Hello, this is uh, Eric, who was summoned. Hey, Eric. Uh, Which Eric are you? You don't uh, have to sit. Grand Rapids, first time caller, actually. Okay, all right. So uh, there was an Eric who had uh, who had tweeted uh, at us uh, specifically about something that happened on the show, and my response was, uh, you know, "Hey, here's the phone number." I don't know if that was you or not. Was it? Uh, no, that was not actually me. But okay. I was just driving around in the Michigan winter, and suddenly <laughs> heard my name. And... You're like, I must call. I heard my name. I've been summoned. I like, all right, if you want me to call in, what did you want to talk about? <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Eric. You're on the air, of course. What's on your mind? Well, thank you. Um, I have a myriad of things that I could uh, talk about. Pick I've one. Been a listener for a long time, but uh, tonight I'd like to stay on topic and offer uh, a conspiracy theory of my own regarding COVID. Ooh, right. Or as I like to call them, spoilers. There you go. Uh, I had a theory because I I think of these things for fun from time to time that uh, the reaction to COVID-19 in regards to the face masking requirements was actually uh, a ploy to use 
facial recognition software to build a database of the non-compliant. Wait, wait, wait. This makes sense if they're only targeting the unmasked. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Um, basically, uh, the kind of people that would say, no, we will not comply, or your orders make no sense, the people who stood up for themselves and did not wear the masks as they were told to, uh, would could then be identified and uh, put into a database of facial recognition in order to uh, future target them uh, for, say, retaliation in, uh, you know, whatever civil disobedience that might come up in the future. Sure, which there was plenty of, at least uh, around in New Hampshire parts anyway. Uh, and I know other Absolutely. states, too, had their own, you know, uh, protests and things of that nature against uh, masking the lockdowns, the whole nine yards. Um, what's interesting to me, Eric, and I, I agree that this is a, a conspiracy theory. Um, what's interesting to me is that it is the, I'm going to call it the negative, right? If you're familiar, I don't know how old you are. If you're familiar with like photography, right? You'll get a negative, mm -hmm. which is the opposite of what you really want to see. Uh, this right. conspiracy theory is sort of the negative of what society was up until this point. For example, if I ever prior to, to COVID, right? What year was COVID? 2021? Oh, uh, March, 2020, 2020. All right. So prior to March, 2020, uh, if I wore any kind of facial covering into my local bank, right. <laughs> <laughs> what would happen to me? Right. They're going to be like security be cops. I'd be, security yeah. Guy, like yes. I wouldn't be able to take care of my business unless of course, I mean, there are some exceptions. Maybe it's winter time and it's, you know, 12 below zero and a blizzard out. You walk into the bank with your like ski mask on, but you take it off immediately because you know, you're in a bank. And so like, but like outside of those exceptions, wearing any kind of facial covering into anything that resembled a bank, uh, any like a gun shop, right? Any of these kinds of things would get you immediately escorted out by either security or the police. Um, and so now all of a sudden, like, they're like, no, it's fine. <laughs> I was frankly amazed. I didn't hear about an uptick in bank robberies because of the requirements. Right. What did the suspect look like? Well, he was wearing well, a uh, medical mask. So there there was an uptick in robberies. It just wasn't reported on. I mean, yeah, no, that it was sense. exactly as you would expect. A lot of people were using this sudden ability to walk around without a face to rob people. Well, the meanwhile, the largest robbery was really going on, which is uh, the government funding of these uh, supposed vaccines mm -hmm. to people like Pfizer well, and Moderna. And the period of time of the largest transfer of wealth from the poor and middle classes to the upper class. Now, mm -hmm. I don't know whether that was all part of the plan. I'm not going to claim that that's the case, but that's what happened. They certainly took advantage of the situation. Number nine, hospitals murdered COVID patients. The more they killed, the more money they made. I can't tell you, we went over this number by number. Uh, I remember uh, we had uh, well, one of our co-hosts who's uh, very good with numbers uh, was talking about these numbers and how, like, they're making money by just sort of letting people die. Yeah. And again, I can't think of a single mainstream news source that covered this angle. Not one. 
This was only the alternative media that went into like, and I get it, you know, we're kind of libertarian. So a lot of us know things like Austrian economics and this idea that incentives matter. Right. When you reward one behavior and punish another, you're going to get more of the one and less of the other. So, yeah, when you pay them more money for having more people put on defibrillators, you're going to have more people put on defibrillators. When you give them more money for having people die, what do you think that's going to do to their actions? What I, I mean, this is this one is news to me. I've got to say what really? um, happened that the hospitals were actually killing people. Now, I get that they sort of accidentally put um you know the i don't know moved people with covid from into nursing homes and things like that oh yeah the new york thing uh no this is this is a different one no that it was a part of the spending which i you know i can't really blame you for not knowing what was in that bill because there was an unbelievable amount of wacky spending in that bill but part of it was this where yeah for every hospital that was treating a patient with covid you got this amount of money for every hospital that put someone on a respirator with COVID. They got another like, you know, 10, 20, 40, I forget what thousand dollars between five and ten thousand dollars per person was the most uh, reported on number. Right. So for every person that they put on a respirator, they get another ten thousand dollars or whatever it was. And for everyone who died in the hospital with COVID that was treated, they got more money. They were treating people for COVID who didn't even have it as well. Oh, sure. I mean, you know, that <laughs> and how many people were reported to have COVID that died of something different and, you know, all, all that stuff. And sure, he was beheaded, but that wouldn't have happened if he hadn't had COVID. And later on, just to you know, sort of drive this point home even more. Later on, we found out that the flu quite literally disappeared. Mm. Like there were no flu deaths during the year one and two of COVID. Yeah, yeah, we really not never got a good explanation for that. I, I saw a couple of shots at it. Things like, well, we think that perhaps the COVID virus has somehow taken, uh, you know, just taken the battlefield from the flu virus. But then why did it come back? Right. Yeah, the, well, those are the two theories that I know of. Is one that, well, it just it filled the niche in nature that was filled by the flu virus. Or there's the obvious one that I put forward that they just called the flu COVID because they were paid to do so. And yeah. they were allowed and encouraged to do so. Like once you've reached the point where like all of the flu symptoms are categorically what you consider COVID symptoms, and you don't require a, a even a positive test for what little that means, and you don't require something like the loss of taste, right. which for me is just the defining line here. That was what was absolutely novel about this, was number one, people lost their sense of taste. Like right. smell, sure, you get stuffed up. And number two, it wasn't killing kids. Like, those were the two really strange things about this particular virus. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So, I produce the Daily Digest. 
I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. I believe you said you were Matt calling from Canada, is that right? That's correct, Captain. Hey, Matt, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Okay, so um, uh, one of the other uh, major uh, uh, items that wasn't really called out on to the uh, the experts about uh, this whole COVID situation is the actual term that they were using, uh, the term pandemic. Oh. Now, uh, what is the uh, definition of the word pandemic? A It sounds like a disease that's affecting the world. Pan, right, pan. Pan. Everywhere. Widespread. Like, Everywhere. This is just from dictionary. I, I just typed it into my search engine. Uh, the first definition that came up says, noun, a widespread occurrence of an infectious disease over a whole country or the world at a particular time. Okay, right. So uh, that's pan. So pan being across. Mm-hmm. Uh, demic, the word demic, is that, that comes from demographic? It, um, I would think so. No, I don't. I, I so, think, okay. I think uh, demographic is uh, demos is people. Uh, I, I think it's a different uh, different origin on that one. Okay. Uh, let's so, see. Even... Demic, uh, adjective, rare or pertaining to a distinct population of people. Ecology of or pertaining to a deem, D-E-M-E. So, oh, yeah, it is. It's people. a disease that affects all people. Yep. So yeah, so, it is so the did, same. Did did did, did COVID nineteen affect all people? Did it affect across all demographics? <laughs> no, uh, uh, six six months old to ninety years old. Uh, well, no, it affected it them in so that they. Not. I mean, it affected children in that they had to wear masks and you know, totally stunt their intellectual development. Yeah, I think that that's what um, ultimately is at issue here here is is that COVID-19 was never a pandemic. It was the test for a pandemic, because I think that a lot of people believe that if nothing else, we need the government to protect us against a pandemic. And I've heard it before, Uh, you know, running a radio program that's about liberty for 20 years, you get to hear a lot of stuff. And one of the arguments when you boil it all down is, well, you know, what if we need to control, you know, we need to have passports and all this stuff. Cause what if we need to control how people move and ladies and gentlemen, this is what the result was. You got to see what the result was when the government handled a pandemic, which is to say they made it factors worse than it was. Orders of magnitude. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like there, there was a solution to this problem, and it was on the community level that would have solved this from the get-go, which is, ladies and gentlemen, if you're over the age of 65, we want you to stay in your homes. Um, you know, find somebody in your community who uh, can help you by delivering groceries. We're going to keep you in your homes. This thing's going to run its course. The rest of us are going to continue to make the world go round. You're going to stay in your houses for, say, you know, a week, uh, two weeks, a month, however long you want to stay. And then, um, you know, those of you who don't have somebody – Get a hold of your local, you know, YMCA or, uh, you know, uh, with Lions Club or whatever. They'll find somebody for you. Right. And that would have solved the problem. Yeah. No, and that's the other thing, too, is um, 
Okay, so this was yeah, it, it was claimed to be a public health, uh, a public health issue. Now, what mm-hmm. is now? Let's because well, because words matter. What is the definition of the public? The public is a collection of individuals. Mm-hmm. So, in order to have proper public health, you need individual health. So that's up to each individual. I think you know, and and as this pandemic wore on, you know, call it what it will, um, it was quite clear that uh, you know most individuals well, were not affected by any of this at all. Now, I shouldn't say that. I had my own uh, uh, COVID uh, situation. I checked all the sickness I had in February of 2020, mm-hmm. checked off all the boxes. Okay. I had whatever it was, no smell, no taste, the, the whole bit. I checked my, it, it checked every box. Yeah. But, you know, like I say, as you know, taking my, indi- you know, doing my individual thing, I was able to beat it and carry on with my life. I was sick for maybe two, three days and, you know, I never missed a day of work. You know, missed a couple hockey games, but mm-hmm. I never missed a day of work. And, uh, you know, I carried on. And that's how most individuals, you know, seem to deal with it. But, you know, once you get the government involved and, and oh, it's for the, the good of the, of the public, well, individuals be damned. And, well, and, and then you end up with what we ended up with. Yeah, and I think it's very telling that uh, none, of the, um, uh, none of the folks who appeared on your televisions uh, you know, the talking heads, uh, you know, the Anthony Fauci's or even the newscasters, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, any of the supposed medical personnel, anybody who was supposedly uh, talking in the interests of uh, your individual health or your collective health uh, as a people, you know, receiving a broadcast. None of them mentioned things like, hey, uh, eat some more fruits and vegetables and Get some exercise and mm. maybe get out in the sunlight. Get some vitamin D. Vitamin, you know. vitamin D. How dare you talk about vitamin D? No. <laughs> right, exactly. Conspiracy theorists. I hear them. Yeah. Now the other thing I want to mention too, because you brought this up, Matt. Um, prior to COVID nineteen, uh, the coronavirus, the beer flu, whatever you want to call it. Prior to this, the overriding word in my mind for something like like a COVID was, you know, it's all from the movies and TV, right? It's all from like the zombie apocalypse stuff or, you know, that kind of thing. But it wasn't pandemic. It was epidemic. Right. Up until COVID-19, the overriding word in popular culture was epidemic. And so what is the difference between epidemic and pandemic? I have a uh, explanation here in front of me. I don't know if it's correct or not. It says an epidemic is a disease outbreak that is rapidly spreading in a limited region. A pandemic is an epidemic that is actively spreading to multiple regions across the globe. Let's go to this unscreened caller calling. Uh, what's your name, please? You're live on the air. It's your boy. Oh, it's Screwball. <laughs> <laughs> right, hang on. Hey, Mark. Hey, hey Mark. It's good to... Um see you uh, express some healthy skepticism with that uh, charlatan you had on the Thursday show again. Bare arms. Uh, what do you think about his arguments? Um, I think that I think that the, the Patriots, uh, and I'm going to use this broad term, are exactly what they say they are. They're patriotic. They still believe that the system underneath it all works. And 
I don't. I believe that government is essentially a group of gangsters that fly flags out in front of their businesses, their buildings. And as to whether or not that, um, you know, like I, I don't need an explanation as to why the uh, the government does this thing or that thing. Well, there, you know, this law or that law. And if you just find the definition of this word and UTC 47, you know, like that kind of thing, I, I don't need an explanation for that. Oh, but uh, I mean, he's just making a logical, using the law, a logical argument that uh, uh, taxation only applies to government officials, which is wrong. If you, if you just read his argument and you look at the, you actually look at the code, he's wrong. Like Real quick, Skeeter, before you continue, I just want to update our listeners who may have just tuned in or they didn't listen to the Thursday night show. Uh, Bear Arms has penned a book and it is about uh, lawfully... Uh, avoiding taxation and that was uh, no, no. Uh, the or at least that's what he believes his book is about that's what he wrote it about that and that's the point he was trying to get across and he's encouraging everyone especially global libertarians to uh, tax evade because a lot of his argument is based on the definition you can you can look at you can look at on the tax code it's available online right now sure like and he'll exclude important words from definitions so to fool you guys, I don't know what he's. Trying well, I don't to think do, he's honestly, trying to fool uh, us. I think that he yeah, believes he what he says, and I believe that he's an extra. I know I've met him and talked to him. This is an extraordinarily intelligent individual. Certainly, yes. No, it's no, just that, that. the forget human. That. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, hold on. It's yeah. really what we're talking about right now with COVID and all kinds of things. Is is that people will try really hard to come up with explanations for their worldview, and I think that you know he. He needs an explanation as to why is this thing not working. And the, and the laws, the regulations, the codes, the policies that are written surrounding all of this can lead you down a rabbit hole from which there apparent, apparently there's no coming back from. Now, that's not to say that he's not getting results. He claims that he and some others uh, have followed his uh, thoughts on this matter, uh, what's the, what's written in his book, and they are achieving uh, some sort of no. uh, a tax refund on the likes of which the normal person is not achieving. So there there are claims of, of success in doing these things. However, from no. my perspective, it's, it's my belief that uh, I am a free man regardless of anybody who claims rulership over me and you i do free. not need any paperwork you know it I, i'm not free because i have the right paperwork in front of me because i fill out the right forms because i followed the right process and procedure no i'm free because i declare that i am free and if you violate consent you're in the wrong okay so mark i've 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 already dispelled so over the last few weeks i've been arguing i've been making uh a valid argument that taxation is not theft and you guys are all libertarians are free because one thing, the, the ability to renunciate citizenship, that nullifies any argument that you are a slave. I, the U.S. is not responsible for anything outside of their borders. If everything's controlled by another government, that's not their fault. And when well, they I think that you, and, and, okay, and citizenship is an act of pure benevolence, right? And I, I can explain that first, but go ahead. 
Okay, so um, I think that the United States sets the United States sets itself apart in so much as it taxes people on a worldwide basis. That um, I think that other governments can make a claim that they do not treat their citizens like slaves far better than the United States, who says no matter where you make your money. You have to pay us. And I think that that is a huge glaring problem that needs to be addressed with the United States government. It's what's not true. You can renounce citizenship and not pay. uh, Sure, of course you can renounce your citizenship. But but first you have to understand that that's an option, right? And the public school system and the government itself doesn't explain that to you. You have to find this out by yourself, vicariously making you a slave until you come of age to where you can understand this stuff. And then even if you try to renunciate your citizenship, they still force you to pay and jump through major hoops before you Right. I have a friend of mine who renounced his citizenship and is currently being audited by the IRS because they're they're not sure if he paid everything he was supposed to pay in his exit uh, tax thing. They 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 approved it, but now they're going back and checking it again. Now I get where you're coming from and that's uh, look, I'm not gonna give anybody's information um, here on the air without having consulted with them. Go ahead, Mark. I've put them on. And um, all I look, you can renounce your citizenship and every other country you can just leave. So that puts the United States extra steps in opting out of their tax system. Now, if I were to renounce my citizenship, it's unlikely that I'd be able to return to the United States at all. Whereas if I was born a German citizen, decided I didn't like the German tax system, wanted to move to Switzerland, did so. And then I could return any time I wanted to um, to Germany. Now, you can't call that freedom. Major Payne calling from Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How you all doing tonight? We're good. How are you, sir? Good, good. Well, not, actually, that's just a bull face fly. I've been in the hospital for five months now. Oh, so I've been frequent on my calls. I was wondering. They got, well. Yeah, they got me. Uh, oh, hell, I got cancer, dude. Oh, balls. Yeah. It's kicking my freaking, my, my, my shiny hiney. But, um. Well, we're thinking about you, anyway, man. Anyway, I'm, I'm fixing to get busted out of here tomorrow. Nice. I get a week off, which is good. And, uh, well, let's see, where else should we go? They well, got a, uh, they got a prognosis? I mean, are, you know, how bad well, is it? It's, it's, it, it, it's busted into my lymph nodes, yeah. and these doctors like to drag their fucking tails. Oh, oh, oh hey, hey. hey. Uh, I know, I know, I, got, I know. I don't hang on, hang on, because the dump is still rolling. we got to hold on, hold on. All right, uh, Major, I'm going to make an exception. I'm going to keep you on, but, uh, you know, keep watch. Keep keep the, the uh, keep the language, uh, you know, FCC appropriate, please. I know, I, I, I you know I try to do that. I, I do. But anyway, yeah, these these guys drag your tails, and luckily I just got put on the fast track here about a month and a half ago. All right, because they like to go with like three, four, five, six. I've had three months between one doctor visit to another at one point. I'd be dead by the time they actually got to me if I waited on their damn time schedule. It's almost as bad as Canada. All right. Well, uh, we appreciate the update, and we wish you well, of course. So, what's on your mind tonight? Well. I just wanted to give you guys a heads up on uh, what's going down in the world. Kind of interested in what you guys got to say about the COVID because I know a good bit about that too. But 
and don't can't double dip on the calls either. Well, I mean, you're live right now. If you got something to say, say it. Well, just that, uh, oh, I've got a buddy of mine named uh, Dr. Richard Orr. You guys want to take a footnote on that. He's out of Hillman, Michigan, O-R-L-E-E. And he's got a magic mix of pills. One of them he came up on his own. His name is, the name of it is uh, Grand Unified Mineral Complex. And you can probably find it at hillmanhealthfood.com. Okay. And, but uh, let's see. It's, yeah, it's the main two ingredients in this thing are two mineral complexes that basically are not found on this planet. Boron and selenium, they only come from like asteroids and whatnot. <laughs> right, I've heard of this. I guess all it, minerals it, come from asteroids. Really? Well, the the Earth is comprised of asteroids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, you know, so that makes every drop of water that we are constructed of, you know, some some comet someplace uh, dropped it off here at some point. You were talking about well, what if a person is born on my land, and then when and they stay there, and then when they're sixteen, I start charging them rent, basically. So our Something first effect, yeah. yeah, our first problem here is. What do you mean your land? Because if you are claiming to own nature, we have a problem. Now, if you mean like, oh, well, I, I, I laid down some asphalt and he keeps walking on my asphalt and, you know, I set up some crops here and he keeps walking over my crops. Like, you know, things where you mixed your labor with nature, transforming it from something natural to something artificial well, yeah, then, you know, get off my asphalt if I don't give you permission to be walking on my stuff. And if you don't, it's your own asphalt. <laughs> yeah, I see so what you did there. The, um, you know, like somebody can claim the, the problem with property ownership is, is that people will work themselves uh, around it in whatever way. I think that what is fair to say is the United States controls this polygon on the map. Whether they have a right to or not. Well, right, it really is meaningless at this point. Um, I have gold teeth in my mouth, right? Some of that gold was probably stolen at some point in the 8,000 years um, since gold was used in currency in ancient uh, Samaria, right? But... I don't feel like somebody can come and take that gold out of my mouth just because there might be a claim to it. Even if they could, like, you know, show some document that says this molecule of gold is mine and I demand it. Uh, I mean, so what? This I paid for it. I've had control of it for a period of time. At some point or another, you just have to give uh, up on your claims. But right there is the difference, Mark. Right there is the difference, but, right? So if you uh, purchase... A, a piece of property, a piece of land, an acre, whatever it is, right? We'll just call it an acre. If you purchase it, that's a voluntary exchange between you and the person that you're buying it from, uh, whereas uh, the United States or any government on planet Earth, uh, whom did they buy their their land from? No one. In many cases, um, they were property owners that came together to set up a government, and people uh, Well, in the United agreed. States specifically... Uh, they conquered it. Some, well, some land was bought and some land was conquered. 
And there are, you know, a series of treaties with um, Indians and France and, um, you know, Spain. And, and of course, there's wars that went on, you know, two organizations of violence meet up. And so this is where you're mistaken. So uh, our legal system is quite clear in the United States that because this was conquered, they cannot recognize the ownership claims of those who were conquered. And that, like, it's foundational for anyone who's learning property law, is that was one of the earliest cases that was uh, judged on. And it was, since we have conquest and the basis of our ownership and our control and our legal system is conquest, we therefore cannot, uh, we cannot say, we can't give validity to those who were conquered as the owners. For example, let's just say... Uh, all of the uh, participants in the guided tour of uh, January 6th, of, uh, they're, they're in D.C., uh, if they conquered the White House, do they now own it? Well, they would likely have turned it over to Trump. Let's go to this unscreened caller. What's your name, please? You're on the air. It's Max Abramson calling you guys in again. Hey, Max, where are you calling from? Calling from Merrimack, New Hampshire. All right. What's on your mind tonight? So um, I'm not sure if I sent you guys a press release or not, but I've announced for Congress in CD1, District 1, against Chris Pappas. In New Hampshire. Uh, that's right. 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 This is U.S. Uh, Congress, US right? Term. Correct. So I, I've done three terms in the House already, and I, one of the issues that I was working on was term limits, but a couple of the other issues that I'd worked on as a state rep, like in the drug war, uh, we haven't been able to get much uh, traction because almost every time someone brings in a bill or if I bring in a bill to committee, the, there's always someone there, usually the chair, who says, well, that it's there's some federal law, usually an unconstitutional federal law, mm-hmm. that says that we can't change some alcohol law or grow uh, hemp in your basement or or, you know, some health insurance issue, buying health insurance across state lines or some such thing. There's there's always something that gets in the way at the federal level. So I've, I've worked and worked at, in the state house, and I think that we've got, uh, we've made a lot of progress in the state legislature in New Hampshire. New Hampshire, of course, is the um, probably the freest state in the nation, one of the lowest taxes, fewest laws, no helmet laws, no seatbelt laws. Yeah, they uh, consistently are number one or number two in a couple of different rankings year over year as far as personal freedoms yeah. and liberties and things of that nature. We've lost out to Alaska and Texas once in a while. On Florida Texas. occasionally <laughs> in one category or another will, you know, but consistently yeah, but I, New Hampshire I, is there. Kind of, yeah, we kind of take home the, the gold medal most of the time. But we find that uh, some of the worst restrictions, uh, some of the worst invasions of your liberty come from the federal government. So when I was working on obviously bringing the troops home, that unfortunately is federal. When I was working on issues affecting the uh Farmers and uh, sorry, the uh, fishermen issues. Yeah, um, that was all federal, and uh, folks in my district were being really harmed by federal rules on federal restrictions on fishing. Um, pretty much consistently, I, I worked for for a lot of years and found that we were introducing a lot of House resolutions on federal issues, and even though they were issues that that occurred entirely within our state. Our congressional delegation, all four of them, they're all four Democrats, but uh, um, sometimes we had Republicans who were, you know, doing no more for us. Uh, we couldn't get back uh, state control 
Um, obviously, Obamacare was originally Romney Care, but it's just forced on all 50 states. <laughs> right. Uh, Common Core actually came from the Bush administration. So some of it's come from, believe it or not, it's come from Republicans at the federal level. And I believe uh, we it. need to have a. Yeah, we need to have a, a liberty candidate. Well, uh, people tend to forget the Bush administration, how bad they were. Bush Sr. and right? Bush Jr. were Right, the authorization for the use of military force, the USA Patriot Act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The largest growth of uh, socialized medicine up to that point before Obamacare. That's true. Um, and we, believe it or not, we even have a handful of uh, Republicans in the State House who are, are just... Um, as bad as the Democrats. Democrats are, are, you know, clearly authoritarian anti-staters, but we have a couple of Republicans in the state house who are real winners. But um, I feel like um, we're going about as far as we possibly can in the legislature as far as reducing spending, reducing taxes. We're not kind of starting to hit a wall on some of these issues. And we are kind of running out of flexibility and, and we're, we're hitting up against a lot of different federal laws. Most so, of what we've accomplished, if, I mean, we've got Max, constitutional I, carry passed. That was great. Max, um, I, I have voted for you in the past uh, in full disclosure. Um, happy to have done so. How are you running? Are you running as a Republican or are you running as a Libertarian? And tell me I'm why. Still with the Repub- I'm still with the Republican Liberty Caucus. Okay. Um, certainly have had a past with the uh, LPNH, um, you know, working on ballot access. Um, actually winning major party status in my governor's race in, in 2016. That was the first time. Uh, unfortunately, it's been the only time in about the last 30 years that we've gotten ballot access. Yeah. Um, I have worked on ballot access legislation, but I think I think that uh, right now the Republican Liberty Caucus is the way to go. That's where constitutional conservatives and libertarians run for office, usually for a legislature, under the Republican ballot line. Uh, because most of the Republican voters generally tend to agree with us on on less government, more freedom, even though you might be going up against an establishment uh, Republican who's not for less government or more freedom, um, yeah, I will say maybe the, for his political donors. Yeah, I will say the Republican Party in the state of New Hampshire is unlike the Republican Party elsewhere. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes Subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.